going through the book of Jeremiah together, uh, just looking at highlights. The reason we're looking at highlights is because it'd be impossible to go through the whole book verse by verse. I just want to give you an overflow, an overfeeling, uh, over, overlooking this whole situation in the book of Jeremiah, just to give you some sense of what's going on. If everything was written that was written in early times was written for our learning, and it was, if everything was written for an example to us as a New Testament church, and it was, then we need to learn from the book of Jeremiah. I started last week to talk about the false prophets of Judah. Remember, Jeremiah is, is writing to the two southern tribes, Judah and Benjamin, named, for, uh, named after the tribe of Judah. The only two tribes left that have not gone into complete apostasy, but are certainly well on their way. And the warning was from Jeremiah to the people via the Lord that impending judgment was going to come because of their wickedness. Now, as you read through the book, I, I want you to see, you'll get this feeling or, or you'll experience, if you would, Jeremiah was a great patriot for his nation. He loved his nation. He really did. He loved the nation of Israel. And he should have been just as we should love our nation as well. We're thankful for the nation that uh, we have. The trouble is that Jeremiah was very grieved with his nation, as uh, we should be, with the situation that's going on. Uh, why? Because the nation of Israel had turned their backs on the one and true God, as unfortunately our nation seems to have done after many gods, many deities round about. And impending destruction was headed for them. Need I say anything about our nation? If it continues on the way it does, we need to watch, do we not? Be careful. Now, through satanic deception and fleshly men, of course, and people in leadership, a nation will take a corner. And we began last week with looking at Jeremiah chapter 5, if we could go there just for a minute, where God is talking to the nation of Israel, and we can draw parallels from this in our own study together. In Jeremiah 5 and verse 30, an appalling and horrible thing is committed in the land, the land of Judah. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. And then he, the statement is, what will you do in the end of it all? And we'll look at that later on. So the people love to hear the false prophets, the prophecies that were coming to them. Now my question last week was, can this happen today? And does it happen today? And we want to look at that. And I want to race through this because I don't want to stay on this negative, negative thing all the time. I was thinking, my wife and I have our grave sites and we have our headstone, and probably they're going to chisel a negative sign in my uh, headstone. But m I feel my ministry is that of warning, to be alert to what's going on round about us. Um, can you come up with some positive things, Bill? Sure. The Lord's coming back. <laughs> but as I look around me, I see what's going on, and I can't help but relate to the nation of Israel and what our nation is presently involved with. So let's, let's race through this if we can. Can it happen today and does it happen today? Well, in the first century, of course, Peter wrote, and don't turn there, in 2 Peter chapter 2, he said there were 
false prophets among the people, Israel, even as there shall be false teachers among you, bringing in destructive heresies. That's a warning to the first century church, and of course we translate that right down to us. There are false teachers, and what will they do? They seek to gain a following for reason to make merchandise of people. They're just looking for a dollar. It's, that's the end of it. It's the almighty dollar in their lives. And so, wh what's going on in Jeremiah's day? Well, if you recall in chapter 7, uh, these men were in the religious leadership uh, situation in Jeremiah chapter 7, and what were they doing? They were just plain, flat-out lying. Oh, but they were sincere people. No, they were liars. But they were, they, they had a good heart. No, they were liars. They were lying and had an agenda in their lies. They had an agenda. And I, I can imagine, you know, the, the, the people even of our nation today, and, and maybe even people that we know saying, oh, but they were such good people and they were so sincere and you hear all of the, all the sugar coating that goes with this. No, God says, God says, this isn't Jeremiah, he's writing on the inspiration of the Spirit, God says, trust not in lying words. Don't, don't trust them because they are literally and actually lying. Now we want to pick that up as we go along, but I need to mention something to you because I, we don't find it on the pages here. But recognize that satanic presence is always there. You will not find satanic presence in much of the Old Testament, will you? You really don't. We find uh, an abundance of demonic and satanic presence in the Gospels, and once again in the Epistles, but it's lacking in the Old Testament as far as his appearances are concerned. Of course, it's in the Garden of Eden. We have God the Father doing, can I just put it, doing battle with Satan in the Garden, do we not? There was no battle, but you understand what I'm saying. The Father and Satan in, in the Garden. And very, very little throughout the generations of the Old Testament do you find satanic presence. He's mentioned here and there just a smattering. But that does not mean that he was not present and he was not active. It's just not written. And the reason we can uh, ascertain that is that I could have you go back. I will not. Remember when the Lord Jesus condemned the Pharisees in John chapter 8. He, sa they, he said to them, you are of your father, the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning and a liar from the beginning, and you're just like him. I want to tell you that's not a politically correct statement. That's what he said. He was a liar from the beginning. So we have satanic evidence uh, from the Father in, in the Old Testament. and the Gospels, we have our Lord Jesus Christ lining up against Satan in the Gospels. And then in the epistles, once again, the battle with Satan throughout the en entire New Testament epistles. And then when you get into the book of the Revelation, his presence is very, very uh, prominent. And then he's locked up for a thousand years and he reappears in the millennial kingdom once again. So satanic evidence is all the way through the scriptures. Was it going on in Jeremiah's day? You better believe it. You better believe it. Is it going on in our day? You had better believe it. The same process is going on. And how does Satan work? Through lying 
prophets, through lying prophets. So let's look at this together if we can, please. Uh, head with me, if you would, in the book of Jeremiah, to Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6 for a moment, please. Now, we looked at this last week, and we said that these men are smart enough not to completely deviate from entire truth. They're smart enough not to deviate uh, from entire truth. That is, they always have a smattering of truth mixed with a lie. If they just flat out deny the scriptures, now there's something that uh, man can go against them with, but they don't. They add a little bit of truth to a giant lie. And that's when it becomes deceiving. And we saw that in Jeremiah chapter 6. Notice, if you would please, write in verse, uh, let's pick it up in verse um, 13. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness, from the prophet even unto the priest. Everyone deals falsely. That is, they're lying. Pick it up in verse 14. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people, lightly or slightly. See, they, they do a little good, and that's the problem. There's a little good, there's a little Torah in with their false prophecies. There's a little bit of Mosaic law in with their false prophecies. So it sounds good. As if one of our modern-day prophets gets up there and he, and he gives his giant spear, uh, spiel, and at the end of it, he says, all these things are good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. And he puts Timothy down there. It's a reference, is it not? Yes, but you lied for 45 minutes, and then you put a Bible verse after it, and people love it. They don't check the context. They're not interested in, in, in uh, who said it, to whom was it said, and what are the circumstances behind it, but there's a Bible verse after it. And that's exactly what these men were doing. Listen, don't worry. God didn't say this place is going to be destroyed. Oh, yes, he did. God didn't say that a nation was going to come and destroy this temple. Yes, he did. But see, they added slightly. They healed only slightly or lightly the people of Judah. So there was this satanic deception or satanic uh, lie in there. The Lord Jesus mentioned to the Pharisees, again, I won't have you turn to it for the sake of time. He said to the Pharisees, uh, he said, the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Whatever they bid you, do, but don't do what they do. That is, the, the Pharisees held the Mosaic law. They were teachers of the Mosaic law. They were supposed to be. They were the closest to what we would know to be good teachers in the entire uh, New Testament. But, he said, don't, they say and they do not. They speak and they don't follow. Essentially, they were liars. They were using the Torah to get an ends to a mean. And what was that? They were gathering funds from people, were they not? You devour widows' houses, the Lord Jesus said. You make great pretense with prayers. For what purpose? To get gain. You love the chief seats in the synagogue. Pastor Rob dealt with that this morning. Uh, what were they? They were literally false teachers who used a little bit of the Old Testament to prove their points. And so the warning here is that 
be careful when these people speak because they sound good, but behind them is a deceitful message. Let's check that out if we could. Head with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want you to recognize or to see that we have turned a page in what I will call satanic deception. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. Now, in the days of our Lord Jesus, the demon-possessed got a lot of attention in that they would foam at the mouth, uh, they would run and scream among the tombs. There was all kinds of attention, even in the synagogue and up in Capernaum, the Lord Jesus had to deal with the demon right in the synagogue itself up there. And so there was a lot of satanic deception around in demonism. But when you turn to the epistles, there's a warning from uh, the Apostle Paul himself in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and he's warning about these deceitful workers, and we see that in verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. They don't represent Christ. They're not called of God. They were not, they were not given God's word as far as teaching the word of God, they're false, they're liars. But don't marvel at this, verse 14, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. You see what God is letting us know? That these workers, these deceitful workers, are really, truly uh, subject to demonic powers. They are, in fact, speaking for, if not through, demonic powers. But they look good. They're transformed into angels of light, ministers of righteousness. They're saying a little bit of the right thing, but everything that surrounds it is demonic in its inception, and it's, it's the, the reason for it is to bring down the word and the name of Christ. It's the whole purpose. So we need to watch out what's going on here. Now, uh, think about this, if you would, please. Uh, for example, let me give you one, Micaiah. One of my heroes in the Bible is Micaiah. Remember, he comes on the page, he's, then he's missing, he's gone. What was Micaiah all about? Well, uh, Ahab wanted to go up with Jehoshaphat to fight against Ramoth Gilead. Remember, to go up to war. And uh, Jehoshaphat was wondering, why should, uh, this doesn't sound right. There's something wrong. Jehoshaphat was the, the king of Judah, the southern tribes, and Ahab the king of the ten northern tribes. So Jehoshaphat and Micaiah, I mean, Jehoshaphat and uh, Ahab get together and Jehoshaphat says, we need to bring in a prophet. So in come the false prophets. And Jehoshaphat had just enough sense about him to know something's wrong. Some, just something doesn't sound right. I know there's a bunch of those guys over there saying that. But is this someone else? Oh, yeah, Ahab says, we got a guy. But every time he comes in, he's negative. Um, when I go to Israel and find his tomb, I'm going to see a, a minus mark on his tomb as well. This guy is... All he says is bad things. 
Well, let's bring them in anyway. Okay, they bring them in. And Micaiah's warned, listen, please say something good. Please say something good. Micaiah gets in. He says, oh, don't worry. Go up to Ray Gilead. Everything's going to be all right. Jehoshaphat says, no, no, there's something wrong here. And Ahab enters in with that. Tell the truth. What are you thinking? He said, I saw a vision in heaven. God gave me a special vision as a prophet. He said, and, and uh, the Lord was sitting on his throne, and around him were angelic beings, both demons and good angels, elect angels. And, they, and God said, who will persuade Ahab to go up to Ramoth Gilead and essentially be killed up there? And one angel said one thing, and another one said another. And then a demon spoke up and said, I will become a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And God said, that'll persuade him. And Ahab was killed at Ramoth Gilead. A lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. Think about that. Is it possible there are lying spirits in the mouths of men who claim prophecy today? Is it possible? You say, well, Pastor Bill, this is a little rough for me. You know, there's some pretty good men. Okay, let's go a little bit further, can we? Let's go just a little bit further. Head with me to Jeremiah chapter 7 again, and look, if we would, please, at verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 16. God warns of impending, impending judgment upon uh, this nation. Look again, if you would, please, in Jeremiah chapter 7. Look at verse 16. Therefore, he says to Jeremiah, pray not for this people, neither lift up nor cry nor prayer for them, neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear thee. Judgment is coming. It, it's coming. He says in verse 17, Seest thou not what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? Did you see what they're doing? May I remind you that today... That very same thing is going on in the city of Jerusalem. Can you imagine it? I almost was sick to my stomach when I heard there was a gay pride parade downtown Jerusalem, the city of God. Think about it. The place that God said, I have chosen to place my name. Incredible. But that's what's going on, right? It was going on then, and it's going on now. It's incredible to think about, is it not? It really is. Okay, so how far can this go? Wait a minute. Aren't you getting a little carried away? How far can this go? Look, if you would, please, down at verse um, 30. For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith the Lord. They have set up their abominations in the house which is called by my name to pollute it. That would be the temple. And they have built in the high places of Topheth, which is in the valley of the sons of Hinnon, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I commanded not, neither came it into my heart. They were literally sacrificing their own children. How far can sin take you? 
there's no depth that it can. It take you all the way to hell. Incredible. Sacrificing their own children. Try, try to even get your arms around that thing. What were they doing? Well, God says they came to a place where they could not blush. Nothing shamed them anymore. Nothing was nothing shamed them. Everything they did is a as abominable as these acts were. I want you to think for a moment, please. Today, how many people does it bother that abortion takes place today? How many people does it really bother? Most of the candidates are pro-abortion. Most of them. Most of them are pro-abortion. And most of the ones that I have seen who give speeches, and, and I'm not going to name names, it doesn't matter. But think about most of the ones who give speeches in a pro-abortion with millions of babies being sacrificed. You say, well, it's not like the sacrifice in, in, in Jerusalem. No, but there's no difference, is there? I mean, when people, many of the people today that are aborting children, it's so that they can have a better lifestyle and the child won't be in the way so that they can, in fact, get on with life. I made a mistake and this fetal tissue is going to bother me. And so they ab abort a living soul for that. Okay, now, at the end of the speeches of these people who are pro, I've heard them say it. God bless America. What God are they talking about? It's not the one and true God. He's not going to bless that, right? He's not going to honor that. He didn't honor it in Judah, and he's not going to honor it here. Why? Because it's wickedness at its lowest level. It's just plain wickedness. Could it happen today here? Yeah, it really can. It can happen all around us. Okay, head with me to Jeremiah chapter 14 now. Could, can it happen here today? Well, and we're looking at Jeremiah chapter 14. Look with me, please, at verses 13 and following of Jeremiah chapter 14. Verses 13 and following. Then say I, oh, Lord God, this is Jeremiah speaking, behold, the prophets say unto them, the people, that you shall not see the sword, neither shall you have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. You, you, see, you, you see that? Listen, people want to hear that, don't they? Who wants to hear an old geezer like me get up and say, if we don't straighten out, some terrible things are going to happen. Wouldn't you rather have someone stand up and say, everything's all right. Look at, things are getting better. You know, and all that business that goes with that. Well, people want to hear that which is pleasing. Don't worry. This place isn't going to have famine. There won't be a judgment. Don't worry about that. Verse 14, then the Lord said unto me, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, 
neither have I commanded them, neither spoke unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and a divination, and the thing of naught, and the deceit of their own heart. Okay, now, this gets a little closer to home. How many of you know Pat Robinson? 700 Club. On TV? Huh? I have heard him prophesy. That is, give new revelation according to him. I've heard him do it. it. Not illumination. He said God spoke to him some new words and he gave it to us. Who's a liar? Him or God? Who's the liar? Him or God? It's got to be him. And yet people call and send money and they talk about that ministry. He's one of Jeremiah's liars. He's one of them. Okay, let's get a little closer. Just a little closer. What about the churches round about us where men stand up and say they got a vision from God? Or a word from God. They're not talking about illumination now. Pastor Rob gets up on Sunday after uh, on our Sundays after having studied the word all week, and he gives us illumination. That is the scriptures, what has been penned for us. These men stand up and they say they have something new that God said to them. Was it God? Was it God? Is there any difference between the lying spirits of Jeremiah and the lying spirits today? There's no difference. There's no difference. Listen, folks, they look better today, right? They sound better today. They have better suits than I do. Andy gave me this. I think this is pretty nice. Listen, there's no difference can it happen today? Can there be lying spirits? I did not send them, yet they ran. I did not speak, and yet they said, he said. They're saying that God told them something. They are lying spirits. It doesn't matter what generation they're in. We have a completed work. We have a completed work. And there's no more coming, but they are giving out False, false information. Let's go a little bit further if we can. Head with me to Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23. When I'm here, that clock, someone messes with it. and it's, It goes faster and faster. Jeremiah 23. Look at verse 9 for a moment, please. Jeremiah chapter 23. Look at verse 9. My heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones are shaken. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine hath overcome because the Lord, because of the Lord and because of the words of his holiness. Jeremiah is falling apart as he looks at this. I can't stand it anymore. The Lord is righteous, he's holy, and he's good, and these people are doing this? What's going on? Remember, something similar happened to Daniel. He was trying to figure out the prophecies of God. He said he was sick to his stomach. God said, it's enough. It's, it's enough. Just believe what I said. Pick it up in verse 11, please. Verse 11. 
for both the prophet and priest are profane, yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. Look at verse 16. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets. They prophesy unto you, and they make you vain. They speak a vision out of their own heart, and not out of the mouth of the Lord. See that? God didn't say it, but they're saying he did. God didn't say it, but they're saying he said it. Now, how, what is this? How, can they po how could this possibly so? I, I used to have three categories. First category, they're, they're, they ate too much pepperoni pizza or something. They, these people are just, you know, they, they're flipped out or something. I've canceled that out now. I've canceled that out. Here's the two alternatives I'll give you. They're lying through their teeth or they're demonic, and there's no other way around it. They're lying through their teeth or they are demonic. I don't see any other way out of it. But, Pesco, you mean the guy, you know, over here, the guy, the guy over here, the guy that this morning said God spoke to him and here's what God said? Yes, that guy. But he's a nice guy. To who? My people love to have it so. But God doesn't. But God doesn't. And you'll see this, folks, all the way through the book of Jeremiah, don't, don't you, when you're reading? You see it all the way through, all the way through. Who's driving the people? The false teachers. But the people love it. The people love it. Who's behind the false teachers? Satanic powers. And the people love it. They love to have it so. Look at verse 19 for a moment, please. 19. Behold, the whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. See, God is not fooling around. Say, well, nothing's happened yet, yep, but it's going to, you see. It's going to. Verse 19, uh, verse 20, the anger of the Lord shall not return until he's executed, till he's performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, you shall consider it perfectly. When it's all over, you're going to say, ho, ho, we got everything we deserve. Look, if you would, please, at 21. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Imagine. They're lying, and they know it. And what's their purpose? Their purpose is money, or position, or the demonic. Boy, there's no, excuse me, there's not much going on there, is there? Look at verse 22. I find this interesting. God is omniscient, and we know that. He knows everything. But not only does he know what's happening, he knows what could have happened. That's so wonderful. Look at verse 22. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. See, if they had, but they didn't. If they had taught the word of God, the people would have responded to the word of God and would have repented, but they didn't. But they didn't. Why? Because they were prophesying a lie. Look at verse 20, um, excuse me, chapter 23, please. Chapter 23 and verse 23. 
or in 23. Let's pick it up right in verse 23 again. I am, am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, or a God afar off? Well, the answer is, Lord, you're right here. You know everything. You see everything. You, 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 uh, you're at the heart of, of, of those who fear you. Verse uh, uh, 24, can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, saith the Lord? I have heard what the prophets said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. I have watched the, quote, Christian channel, unquote, on TV. I've watched it, and, and I have heard some of these guys say that they, God gave them a dream or a vision. I, I, I heard them say it. They're lying. They are lying. God never did that. But yet they're among us today as they were among the people of Judah. Same same thing. Okay, well, surely, Pastor Bill, this couldn't happen in this day. I mean, we're, we're sophisticated. If, if a person ran in this room, a demon-possessed person screaming, frothing at them out, well, what would we do? Well, we'd, a bunch of guys would leap on them. We have some guys planted around the auditorium where, they, where they, their job is to make sure that nothing can happen here. We're, all of us would leap on them, we'd drag them out the door, you'd all be shaken, I'd be shaken too, but we'd get them out the door and we'd call the police, the police would come and take them away and lock them up somewhere. See? Why? Because we're sophisticated today. Someone frothing at the mouth isn't going to impress us, but oh, a suit, see? a guy with a lot of money, with a real sweet voice, with a position, in Christendom, that guy impresses us. And God warns about these false prophets. They, they've been lying, and I didn't send them, and my people are believing it, and a horrible and appalling thing is they love to have it so. Turn with me, please, to First uh, Timothy chapter 4 for a moment. Could this happen? For example, under Timothy and Paul, you know the miracles that were going on, all the, all, the, all the work that Paul was doing. Paul had the gift of prophecy. He was giving forth new revelation. Same thing with John until the completion of the canon with John. Then, it, then a new revelation ended. But see, it's still going on today, and it's going to get worse. Now, where do we read that? Well, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, look at verses 1 and 2 for a moment, please of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. I'll, I'll read from the ESV. <clears throat> now the Spirit speaks, uh, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons uh, through insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. I'll read from the King James. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. The latter days. What's the latter days? Well, we're in the latter days. The last days, John tells us in 1 John, began with that first century, with the um, 
ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, even to our present day. Remember, evil workers, seducers are going to get worse and worse. But think about that. What are these men bringing in? Doctrines of demons. Doctrines of demons. They're not speaking according to the word of God. They're saying, God told me to tell you something. Can I help you out with that for a moment? No prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. They don't have a message that you don't have. They didn't get a message from God that's not written in this book. It's a lie. It's a frightening lie. But can I also warn you that some of our brothers and sisters have fallen for that lie. And you know what is unimaginable to me? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7 for a moment. It's interesting because this was read this morning in our Sunday school class in Matthew chapter 7. These people are in more trouble than they know. They're in more trouble than they can possibly imagine. In Matthew chapter 7, look at verse 21 for a moment, please. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day. What day? This is the judgment day. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Imagine that. Is it possible that on July 3rd, this morning or this evening, there's a guy somewhere around here, or let me be politically correct, there's a woman around here somewhere saying that God gave him a vision. Is it possible that this morning someone did that? You better believe it is. Is it possible that a woman today is saying, God told me something to tell you. Is that possible? Of course it is. July 3rd, 2016, it's just as possible today as it was then. Have we not prophesied in thy name? And, and in thy name cast out demons, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity from a King James Bible. So what's going on? Are there, could, is it possible that there are liars today as there were back then? One last couple of passages, I promise at five past seven I'll stop, even in the middle of a sentence. Jeremiah 27, Jeremiah chapter 27. In Jeremiah chapter 27, <clears throat> now as you're going through the book, remember as you're reading, you're going to see what's behind the scene. False prophets. What's behind the false prophets? Demonic work. Demonic work. For what reason? To destroy the people of God. That's his whole work. Always, from the beginning, to destroy Adam and Eve. When that was unsuccessful, where did he head? All the way. All the way down through each of the patriarchs. The attack of Satan was on for what? To destroy the people of God. Listen, we are, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the people of God. And he's still working as actively today to destroy local churches, young people. 
We're in Jeremiah chapter 27. Look at verse 6 for a moment. Verse 6. And now I have given all these lands into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. And the beasts of the field have I given him also to serve him. My servant, Nebuchadnezzar. It's unimaginable. Is it possible for someone to get in the White House who was demonic and yet the servant of God? It's very possible. It's very possible. Nebuchadnezzar was a wicked man. Yet, he was sent by God to accomplish an end. Let's continue on if we can a little bit further. Look at verse 7. And all the nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son until the very time of his hand comes. And then many nations and a great king shall enslave him. So he's going down to, you know, of course, Babylon... Media Persia, and, and so forth down. Okay, now head with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4 for a moment. 2 Timothy chapter 4. So as you're reading through the book of Jeremiah, recognize the progression. What's happening? The prophets are prophesying, and the people love to have it so. And they just keep lying. And you know what's interesting? You're going to find when you get there, there was a first deportation. Who was taken? Well, Daniel and, and uh, some thousand young men, the best of the land were taken. Then what happens is the nation is left for a while, several years, and then Nebuchadnezzar comes in and destroys the whole place, and yet there's still false prophets there prophesying lies. They're still there right up to the very end lying. Head with me, if you could, to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Look at verse 1, please. 2 Timothy 4. And in verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be diligent in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Why? Why should you be so anxious and on the ball to do this? Because, for the time will come when they, the people, will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables and to lies, essentially. Is it possible that that's happening today? You better believe it. You, you better believe it. Now the question is, are these just immature Christians that need uh, to grow, maybe? I mean, we would say that, wouldn't we? We want to be kind, don't we? These are just people that love the Lord and they want to grow and, and, and they, they, need, they just need to learn. And that's one possibility and, and we trust that would be so. Or are they carnal, immature, trendy Christians that have a fleshly concept of what God's like and want to worship him the way they want to worship him? Which is it? I'm not God, I don't know. But I want you to know this, I have a hard time knowing the difference. I have a hard time knowing the difference. People want to worship God not the way he said, not through this book, not through this word, but the way they say, the way they think. What makes me feel good? That's what they want to do. 
Okay, folks, was there any, is there any difference between Jeremiah's people and the people today? There isn't. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. But God knows the heart. So as you're going through the book of Jeremiah, recognize what's behind the scene. It's more than just what's on the page, isn't it? Satanic work is evident going through it all. And we, we, we see that the people want it that way. And that filters from the Old Testament right down through the New Testament to our present day. God warned us equally so. So what are we going to do? Well, let's not be like them. Let's worship the God of truth. Let's worship the God of the word and the word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Father, we know that you are holy. And we are subject at times, Lord, to our passions, to compassion. We're subject to uh, trying to make everything fit our thinking. And your word goes far beyond that. Father, help us to align ourselves with your word. Help us to make sure that we're looking at the word of God rightly divided. Help us to realize, Lord, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. So, Father, we're not fooled by false teachers, by those who, those who lie to get gain or to get position in life. Father, we know that they have their reward, but it's not from you. So, Father, we pray that you give us that spirit of wisdom and understanding. Help us to study the scriptures to, to see if these things are so. Help us, Father, to be doers of the word and not here is only. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.